Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Today on Parts Per Billion, the fight to save the rainforest, but not the one you're thinking of. We go not to the tropical jungles, but north to Alaska to see some pristine, untouched woodlands. Hello and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the podcast from Bloomberg Environment. As always, I'm your host, David Schultz. So save the rainforest is kind of an environmental bumper sticker phrase that basically everyone knows. And the topic of rainforest health has been in the news a lot lately, with Brazil's struggle to contain wildfires in the Amazon. But, and this is going to sound really obvious after I say it, there's not just the rainforest. There are lots of rainforests. I'll let Bobby McGill explain. Bobby covers natural resources and climate here at Bloomberg Environment. And he just visited this U.S. rainforest. It's actually called the Tongass National Forest, and it comprises pretty much all of southeastern Alaska. That's right, an Alaskan rainforest. Bobby's been doing a lot of reporting on efforts by the Trump administration to open up this area to the logging industry. And we'll get to the consequences of that in a second. But first, Bobby, uh, I get the sense from your reporting that this is not a uh, rainforest like any other or like very few others in the world. What, what's, what makes this different than something in like the Amazon or Borneo or something? So it's important to know that the Tongass National Forest is the largest national forest in the country. Um, it's roughly the same size as West Virginia. Um, as the entire state. Roughly, it's just under 17 million acres. That's wild. And it encompasses pretty much the entire panhandle of Alaska. It's part of this giant coastal temperate rainforest ecosystem that stretches from, say, roughly Anchorage to roughly, say, Monterey, California. And so this area gets a lot of rain. It's the kind of forest you'll see around Seattle. But the difference is that the forest in the Tongass is relatively untouched. Um, there's been some logging there in the past, but it's it's pretty pristine. I mean, think of the think of a primordial forest. The, wow. The, this that's what the Tongass is. Yeah, and you spoke with Mary Catherine Martin, who is the spokeswoman for an Alaskan environmental group called Salmon State, and she basically laid out sort of what makes this forest really unique. I think everybody cares about clean air and clean water, and this is one of the few places in the world where we have a real abundance of both. The trees here contribute clean air for the whole world. Um, they absorb a lot of carbon. So we'll get to the uh, carbon uh, absorption issues in a moment. But uh, you went to Tongass recently. You were actually speaking with uh, Mary Catherine in the forest itself. 
What was it like? How did you even get there? Because I get the sense this you mentioned this is untouched. Like how do you even get to a Well, it's place not like completely this? untouched. The state capital, Juneau, is surrounded by the Tongass National Forest. There are roads in the Tongass, um, but there because it's so big, there are giant areas that are unroaded that there are there's 5 million acres of wilderness there that's not really threatened at the moment, um, at least not by current policy. Um, and, and so there, there's just a lot to it. And so you can fly into the Tongass. Actually, when I flew there, uh, flew to Juneau, I took what they call the Milk Run flight. Milk Run? Why is it called Milk Run? Because that's how they deliver supplies uh, to these to these towns. There's that isolated. It is. The, 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 the Juneau is off the national highway network. It's on the it's on the mainland, but uh, there are no roads that that lead to it from elsewhere. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it sounds like the main issue here is something called the roadless rule, which is right. something I didn't know about until I read your story. Um, can you explain what this is? So the roadless rule uh, was a Clinton era policy that uh, was finalized in 2001, um, right before Clinton left office. And basically it applies to all the national forests in the country. Um, and uh, the the purpose of this was to reduce logging and, and, and protect the ecosystems which had been threatened over over the decades by a lot of logging and development. And so it, it prevents um, roads from being built. Um, it's it's it, pretty self-explanatory. Well, it's it's actually quite complicated, oh. but but it, it, at the heart of the matter, it keeps roads from being built for, for logging primarily. So you can't build the road and you can't get in to cut down the trees. And so the trees stay where they are and it sounds like in uh, Tongass, we have some pretty big trees and pretty old trees, right? Right. So it's important to know that the Tongass, um, or parts of the Tongass, were heavily logged back in the 70s and 80s. But it's so big that even though, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres were clear cut back back in those days, a lot of it remains untouched. And you spoke with uh, David Schmidt, who's the uh, Alaskan regional forester with the U.S. Forest Service, which is the, I guess, the agency that's considering changing the roadless rule and maybe opening up uh, Tongass to more logging. And he said basically that this change that they're thinking about making w- would really barely make a dent in the forest. And it's such a minor thing that uh, is happening. Let's hear from, from him. Given the existing forest plan, the amount of wilderness that's on the Tongass, the amount of area that's not suitable, uh, there's a lot of rock and ice and a lot of other characteristics that, that those are still protected and preserved. So he's basically saying, you know, there's this forest is so big, most of it can't even be logged, even if the logging companies wanted to log it. The, the changes that are, are up for debate here are, are pretty minor. Does he have a point? Well, let's review some of the history of this. So the roadless rule came into existence in 2001. The Bush administration uh, turned around in 2003 and exempted the Tongass from the roadless rule. Okay. Um, an environmental group sued, and over the years, this was litigated. The thing is here, though, that the state of Alaska has always opposed this. They see the roadless rule as an impediment not just to logging, but to mining, to hydropower development, and other kinds of development. But it's also more complicated than that. Uh, Alaska Native communities use uh, the Tongass for um, subsistence. They they fish there. They hunt there. Um, it, it This is not, I mean, it's, it's a wild place, but it's not completely wild. And so what's happening now is the, the actually in 2018, the state of Alaska petitioned the Trump administration to revisit um, this roadless rule exemption. But, you know, Democrats in Congress have accused the Trump administration of essentially going through this process that 
they think has a predetermined outcome. So, uh, you know, you just sort of laid out very nicely the, the stakes for, uh, you know, the state of Alaska, which wants to, you know, boost its economy and have more economic activity going on in, in the, the forest. Uh, you also have pretty high stakes for uh, tribal groups in the area who rely on the natural resources there and are worried that it could be sort of despoiled. Uh, but now I want to get into the global impacts. And, and, you know, it may sound strange when you're talking about sort of a, a one forest in one U.S. state, but this has global impacts. You talked about it briefly. Let's get really into it, into the science. The The trees in these this forest store a tremendous amount of carbon, uh, cutting down these trees would release the carbon, I guess, into the environment and, I guess, exacerbate climate change. Can you explain that a little bit? The old growth trees and the old growth stands of, of spruce and hemlock store more CO2 from the atmosphere acre per acre than the Amazon does. So it is that this this forest type is the most carbon dense on Earth. Um, and there's not a lot of it left. The other thing is that you know, the the United Nations in its various reports on the status of climate change right now says that climate change is getting worse. And part of keeping it in check is not just maintaining the forests we have, but possibly expanding them and regrowing them. And so one of the concerns is that if you have the most carbon dense um, forest in or one of the most carbon dense forests in the world being threatened by fragmentation and potential future logging, it, it could have a global impact. That's one thing I really didn't realize until I read your story was that, you know, I just I assumed, you know, I know everyone knows that trees store carbon, of course, but I just thought, you know, a tree stores carbon. All trees are the same. All forests are the same. No, that's not the case at all. This forest is so carbon dense. And you spoke with Allison Bidlack, who uh, is at the University of Alaska Southeast. She uh, is a, a scientist there, and she kind of laid it out uh, in, in even more stark terms. They're sort of small but mighty, right? They don't actually cover that much, like that large of a percentage of the globe, but what they do cover, they, they do it in spades. So these, you know, these small but mighty forests that, I guess, for atmospheric reasons, uh, because they're just so old, they're small, but they store so much carbon. Right, and just to put that into perspective, she's talking about all the coastal temperate rainforests globally, of which the Tongass is one of the most pristine. And, you know, it's a tough issue because at the same time, you know, I'm pretty sympathetic to, or I guess anyone can be sympathetic to the folks in Alaska where, you know, the economy there is not that well developed. And, you know, if there's an opportunity to sort of expand, uh, you know, create more jobs, you know, that seems like something that uh, you know, anyone can get behind at the same time. This seems like a very important forest that is very threatened. Where do you see this going? So this roadless, this draft exemption to the roadless rule uh, is is currently in public comment through December 17th. Um, we expect a final version of this rule to come out next year sometime and presumably a, uh, a final version of or a final decision on that will follow probably sometime in next year, sometime in 2020. But uh, environmental groups are expected to sue. Um, this could be wrapped up in litigation for years. All right. Well, and Bobby McGill will be following this for years. Uh, that was Bloomberg Environments' Bobby McGill talking about the uh, Tongass National Forest in Alaska and his recent trip uh, to that state. If you want to see more of Bobby's reporting on this and many other issues, visit our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com. That's news.bloombergenvironment.com. 
And if you want to chat with us on social media, don't forget to use the hashtag #PartsPerB. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself, along with Marissa Horn, Jessica Coombs, and RJ Jewell. The music for this episode is A Message by Jazar. It was used under a Creative Commons license. Thank you for listening. Cases and Controversies is all about the Supreme Court. One of the oh, come on. Works. You know, come on. Well, I agree Be with serious. you. We sit down with leading practitioners and scholars to break down these cases. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up so I didn't have to. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I interesting, didn't know that. Right? That is See? interesting. I guess my imagination is running wild. Tune in every week for our deep dive and sneak peek episodes wherever you get your podcasts. As always, check out the latest at (laughs) news.bloomberglaw.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.